Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And we're back. Season two of the Bleed Los Podcast. It's your boys Alonso and Juan with the baby face gimmick voice in the sky, Roger. How uh, how was uh, your, your offseason been, gentlemen? Well, I, I really can't complain. Uh, I mean, I am a baseball guy, but it's it's been nice to uh, actually just relax a little bit. Uh, I've been watching the football. Uh, I think I'm starting to develop a gambling problem. I'm starting to bet on on games. Um, my fantasy, I lost fantasy football. So just to give you an update on that, I um I just got killed. Uh, I, I was playing this guy who had Mahomes and Kelsey, and they and this is what makes it worse. They were struggling in the first half, and I was winning, and all of a sudden they went nuts in the second half, and then the game went into overtime, and I basically got built, beat by Mahomes and Kelsey. So I lost fantasy football, and uh, looking forward to next year's fantasy football. I don't. I, I real quick to ask you guys: Do you guys do fantasy baseball? Because that seems like it's a lot of work. I don't, because it's a grind. Yeah, do, do you, uh, Babyface? Do you do any of the, the fantasy? Do you do fantasy baseball? I don't. None of them. Baseball, basketball, football. None of them. None yeah, of them. So- yeah, so my off season it's been fine. I mean, I, I was telling you guys off the air. I'm a Raiders fan. I don't apologize for it. Uh, we got into the playoffs in what seems like the first time in 40 years. And, uh, you know, winning, beating the Chargers, to me, that was my Super Bowl. Uh, I was not expecting them to beat the Bengals. As, uh, as, Vince, as Vincent uh, had said on Twitter, uh, just don't be trash Raiders. And they weren't trash in that game. They actually had a chance to tie it. So hopefully this just means there will be heading in the right direction and they actually will get football people in there and there and the Raiders might actually be good. How many, uh, how many dollars are on your win loss statement up to date? Um, you know, and I don't want to talk about that because I honestly, I, I, I don't actually, I, I, okay. I will say this. That last game of the season, the Chargers and the Raiders, I watched it with a group of Raider haters, and uh, they were all rooting for a tie. Right before the game started, this guy Tim says to me, Juan, let's let's put some money on this. I'll let you take the Chargers. I'll take the Raiders. That way, it's a win-win for you. If the Raiders win, they get into the playoffs. If the Chargers win, you win money. And I said... I can't take that bet because betting against your team is bad juju. What do you guys think? I'm not one to bet on my teams, if I'm being honest with you. Okay, Pete Rose. I get it. But uh, do you see what I did there, though? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me ask you this, then. Are you, to, to, to gauge your gambling, gambling problem, are you betting on, uh, like, random NCAA men's no, basketball no, no. games on a I'm not doing parlays. I'm not okay. doing any of that stuff. Okay. I'm just keeping it very simple. I And it's only because I'm making a lot of trips to Vegas now. Right. And I finally have mastered the art of the cover. So right, right. now I'm, I'm big on placing wagers on the cover. Um, but no, that was the one bet I wouldn't take because I knew that if I took that bet and bet the Chargers, the Chargers would have won. And even though I would have won money, it still wouldn't have uh, made me happy because the Raiders for the first time got me actually excited for a game and they would have laid an egg. So that's why losing to the Bengals didn't hurt as much because years of the- abuse. Yeah, years of abuse, and I finally had a good experience with the Raiders the week before. Well, in your case, actually, decades of abuse at this point. It was. It was. Because I will say the last time in 2016 when they made the playoffs, the year that Derek Carr got hurt, 
they were looking good. And if it wasn't for Derek Carr, Carr getting hurt, they might've done some damage in the playoffs that year, but as Raiders are going to Raider. I'm just glad do? that uh, you're not betting on Seton Hall versus Sacred no. Heart, like on a Thursday. Uh, no, that I, I, if I ever get to that point, I probably won't be on the show anymore. And uh, you guys, <laughs> you guys will just be like, "What happened to that guy?" What about you, Babyface? What's what's your off season like so far? Well, it's been long, a long stretch from October to December, pretty slow. Um. You guys know I kept bugging you guys when we're going to start this up. We're going to start this up. <laughs> and then um, now to January, you know, getting excited. Okay, it's baseball. Baseball's around the corner, right? Getting to February. Baseball's back. But uh, guess what? Our friend Mr. Manford has other plans. And I think we're going to get into that today, aren't we? That's a perfect transition because let me <laughs> ask you this, babyface. Have you booked your annual trip to Arizona yet? No. I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, I was ready. I usually do it in about December, you know, and then this year I'm like, okay, I got to wait a little bit. And then I thought, well, last week or this year, the past couple of days, they're supposed to meet up. Right. And I thought, okay, maybe from there I can book my trip. And then, you know, they come out, MLB players are pissed and they didn't like what they were offered. So I'm like, forget it. I mean, there's no point in really booking a trip to go to Arizona unless I just want to go sightsee again, which I did last year, but these are, I can wait, you know, wait it out and see if there's a spring training in like May or June and and then head out there or just, you know, like I said, just go sightseeing in March. So it's kind of it's up in the air right now. I so just, just let our, our listener clarify for our listeners, babyface. You basically book this trip every year because you go to spring training with the Dodgers and this year you just don't feel like it's going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to book pretty much early. I mean, I book like I said, I booked usually in December, January at the latest, because if you try and book, you know, say February, March, you're having a hard time finding, you know, a week stay somewhere, you know, you might find a day here, two, you know, day, day or two here and there, but it's pretty much booked, you know, every year. So like you got to book early. And now it's like I said, I mean, I, I went last year and, you know, everything was locked out. So like I said, last year, you know, just did some sightseeing, went up to Sedona, did a couple of things like that, but, you know, I don't know. Should I do that again this year? Or, I mean, I don't think spring training is going to happen. Um, and I think it might be, you know, summer training sometime and, and it might be at Dodger stadium. So it's kind of, I know I'm pretty much have given up, you know, I'm not holding that hope that spring training is going to happen this year. I just booked my uh, annual Arizona trip and I am not expecting uh, uh, spring training to be in the mix either. Matter of fact, I can find Airbnbs right now. That never ever happens when I, when I look this time of year uh, for because I'm a procrastinator when it comes to uh, booking trips, sue me. But, um, but there, uh, I, I, your off season though, was a lot more exciting than ours, right? Alonzo. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I, uh, I uh, got to see some foosball, some of the football, uh, the college football that you, you're probably betting on now because of your, your addiction uh, went to the Rose bowl. Exactly. Cool. Don't be humble, man. Come on. Let everyone know about your Rose Bowl experience. Uh, it was cool. Uh, I've been to the Rose Bowl, uh, but never to a Rose Bowl game. And I, uh, I worked it. I was uh, with the, uh, the University of Utah side. Uh, I, I, uh, I do some work for the University of Utah Athletic Department. And uh, yeah, it was cool, man. Uh, got to see the pristine field. Apparently that field costs $5 million to put in man. for every Rose Bowl game. They don't even want you to look at it until Saturday, the day of the game. Um, that was cool. The locker rooms were really cool. Uh, literally, it's the largest locker room I've ever been in. That was cool. Um, the flyover was very loud. <laughs> if uh, You probably heard it from the Rose Bowl up in your neighborhood there, uh, Roger. Uh, but it was cool, man. It, it was. That's one of those that I think, even if you, if you like college football, I think everyone should try to go to the Rose Bowl game once. That was cool. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, as they call it. That was kind of cool. It rained every day that week in LA. Yeah. <laughs> every single, that's, I mean, since I was a kid, that's the most I've seen it rain ever there. And it was insane. Um, but it was cool. No, the community does a great job with everything. They, uh, they took care of, uh, of our side, which is the University of Utah side. Uh, got some, got, it was cool, man. Like, there's just another way to put it. It was just really cool to see 100,000 people on New Year's Day. At, uh, at one of the New Year's Six games. 
Um, and I'm not even a huge college football guy. So it's just kind of cool. You know, it's kind of random that it's, it's kind of my job, but, uh, but that was fine. And then I got COVID at the Rose Bowl. So that was cool. Uh, that was a nice souvenir it was got off the plane well we flew on the uh uh the uh the patriots plane from here in salt lake uh to uh to los angeles so that was cool so uh shout out to the to the hoodie in uh, new england who is now home as well because their team lost in the playoffs uh for letting us borrow that plane so that was cool and uh yeah had a whole week there did the thing uh every it felt like every other bowl game around us was getting canceled so that was terrifying but uh but it happened. It did it, and then uh, then we got COVID. So now now here we are, getting ready to uh, to uh, to air our grievances with MLB, and uh, and I'm pretty stoked about it. But like I was telling you, I or Roger was telling you, I don't think we're gonna get spring training, man. I, I don't think I'm I don't think so. Like I poked around a little bit, asked a few people what their thoughts were, and uh, I know we did a poll on our uh, Twitter page at Dodgers Beat. If you're not following, go follow it, please. And uh, Roger put it up there and he said, when do you think MLB season starts? 27% said on time, 28% said sometime in April, 24% said May, 21% June or question mark. I'm of the party of June or question mark. What about you, Juan? I, I completely agree with you. I, I think June right now is probably the most realistic I mean, just think about it this way. Even if they wanted to start on time, even if there was, first of all, I don't think either side, well, no, it's not either side. I'm not going to either side this. The Major League Baseball side, I don't think is negotiating in in good faith. So it's kind of hard to come to a deal where you would be able to have spring training start on time. I mean, as of the date of this recording, but it is January 16th, normally pitchers and catchers report when baby face, they would be reporting in about a month when about a month, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day 14th, yeah. 13th, 14th, 15th. Well, and usually guys are showing up even earlier because they're right. settled but in with, a little bit. But teams rosters aren't even complete right now. No, because. There's still I, I I I don't know if this is correct or not, uh, Babyface. I don't know if you can look this up, but I still think there's what over 300 free agents that are unsigned right now. So how can you come with a deal first of all that is going to be that both sides are going to agree with, and at the same time sign as many players as you can to start on time? I just I I just don't see it happening. And again, to me, it is obvious going off of what Jeff Passan said, going off of everything that you're hearing on social media, that initial offer that Major League Baseball extended to the players was laughable. And that's why I, I think they were not negotiating in good faith. And maybe this is what just negotiation is, right? You're not going to start off with your your best deal. Did Major League Baseball make their initial offer just to see, let's see what we can get away with. If they did that, I think that's a really bad way to start negotiations because the players already hate them. The players don't trust them. And you start off by extending an offer that is laughable. Well, and even to that, let's just backtrack a little bit to 2020 when the owners were negotiating a TV deal for that extra playoff game. And they kept saying, hey, we can't do this. We can't do that because we don't have money. But somehow they managed to finagle a billion-dollar deal for an extra playoff game. Then you go into last year where they were messing around with two different baseballs and didn't tell anyone. All of that is not how you negotiate in good faith. That's just the end-all, be-all. And now where we're at is they're, you know, they're trying to essentially – have a modest of some kind luxury tax uh, uh, tax uh, threshold, which obviously only really affects the likes of like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees. That's really about it. You know, when it comes to getting everyone else to spend money, they don't spend money. So, you know, there's been talk of a salary floor, but that hasn't even come, you know, come up. The other thing is they have five years with this current agreement that just expired to get something going, even to hold it over, even if there was a, a fail safe to hold over for the year. So moral of the story, MLB hasn't done anything to really in good faith, at least come to the table with anything. They just more or less have shown up. Hey, this is what we got. Nah. And then they move on. 
And for me, that's, I mean, where, where MLB, I mean, MLB does a fantastic job of getting in their own way. And I know they may take that as slander, but at the end of the day, you're not making baseball any more fun because you can't watch baseball. And on top of that, there people are going to want to look elsewhere to spend their leisure money. They're not going to want to just, hey, we'll, we'll wait like Roger. You know, we'll wait to plan our family trip, our annual family trip to this game that we go to every year or this series we go to every year or whatever. Because for what now? Because at this point, if you start in June, we're talking a 60-game season like 2020 if, if everything goes as planned. And to your point, you have so many guys, Clayton Kershaw, for instance, for the Dodgers, not signed. The Trevor Bauer situation has not been resolved, period. So there's there's plenty of, of other things, you know, and, and, and here we are with MLB just not helping anything with how they're going about everything. And even the stuff that Passon has reported, or, you know, like you were saying, it doesn't make any more better light of MLB than they should be. Because right now what they should be doing is being in full-on damage control, trying to expedite the negotiation of a deal to have baseball start on time. Instead, they're going to put it on the players and say they're being greedy, they're being this, they're being that, when at the end of the day, it's like MLB officials, they, they, they feel like they offered concessions. I know that. That I, can, I, that I do know firsthand. And they think it was toward a resolution. But even the union people were super disappointed about it because they expected a bigger proposal, a more robust proposal, as they would say in the business world, especially given how much time there has been since the last time there was any sort of good faith negotiations because the way that MLB went about it, it's not a good look. So at the end of the day, it just blows my mind that MLB continues to get in their own damn way. And I, for the life of me, am just perplexed by that. hundred percent. Look, I agree with you. You mentioned it a couple of times. You mentioned TV, you mentioned, you know, you know, watching, that's something that I, I wonder this deal isn't going to get done until the TV side maybe starts applying pressure and saying, okay, look, for right now, we have football. We're going to have basketball. When it comes to the summer, that's when baseball is supposed to dominate. That's supposed to be all that airtime in the summer is supposed to be baseball. So that's when TV is going to be like, all right, you guys need to get this done because we need to have programming. Now, one of the things that I don't understand why there is no sense of urgency, and that's what it feels like to me, that there is no sense of urgency to get this deal done. I mean, their first meeting, Babyface, I think you mentioned this, their first meeting was how many weeks after the the um, the agreement had ended? Well, they, they didn't start meeting until like, what, November? But I remember Manford said they were going to try and start talking early back like in October and you just don't see it. It's like, they keep thinking like, Oh, well, we got December. Okay. Well, we got January. And then you know, before we know it's going to be, you know, reporting date and they're still going to be like, Oh, we still, you know, as long as we haven't lost any games, but there is, there is that no sense of urgency. One thing I was told in the days leading up to the, the deal ending, you know, back then is that, MLB and union people had had face-to-face conversations, but each side was questioning whether the other was kind of stalling to apply pressure to the other side. And that still remains, a, a, you know, kind of in the back of each other's head. So that's where we're at. They're playing chicken with each other, right? To a certain degree they are, but they also know MLB in their mind thinks that they have all the leverage. And then the MLBPA thinks, you know, I think we have something here and I would agree that they have something because they keep coming back with them, telling them or to them, telling them, Hey, you're not negotiating in good faith and everything that they've done. That's known publicly. And, and some of that dirty laundry has gone out has not been in good faith. So that's, that's where we're at. They're playing chicken, but all it's going to do is just going to hurt baseball. That's all it's going to do. But, but that's the thing that that doesn't make sense to me because, okay, the majority of these owners, they have two revenue sources the TV deals, because baseball has become a regional sport, and the gate, right? The, this is still one of the sports that the majority of their – well, I can't say the majority, but a good amount of their money comes from fans in the stands. So why would you want to lose games? I know the argument is that the, the baseball season is too long. They play too many games. 
there's no way they're going to shorten the season. Why? Because owners are not going to give up the revenue that they get at the gate by playing 81 games a year there. So if that's the case, if owners won't shorten the season because they don't want to give up the gate, why is there not a sense of urgency to make sure that we don't lose games? Well, you have to remember, uh, as I said to you a little bit ago, as a Raider fan, you have years of abuse, right? So MLB owners and MLBPA also have years of abuse amongst each other because they've had bitter disagreements over the years over mistrust between the two sides. And that's why we're here now. And that's going to continue because at the end of the day, the owners care about the bottom line, right? So that's what's forced the player's hand to also say, hey, same thing. Your revenue is growing up exponentially. Why can't you give us a bigger piece of the pie? We're the ones that are getting you that revenue. Okay, that's a fair argument, right? But they keep coming back with all these things that they're doing not in good faith, and that's why we're here. And that's what blows my mind, too, is that the owners don't see it from that perspective either. They're more concerned with their bottom lines and not the bigger picture. Because at this point, that bottom line isn't going to mean anything if you don't have games, right? But most importantly, if you alienate a fan base of an entire sport, why would they want to come back? And that's something again, and I don't know if one of the things that fascinates me when they um, when you had watched the uh, the confirmation, if you watch the confirmation of a new Supreme Court judge, they always seem to show videos of the last time a Supreme Court judge got uh, got confirmed. Right. And so in particular with the Kavanaugh, when they were doing the Kavanaugh and then they would show you video of the last confirmation or the confirmation of um, what is our good friend, uh, the one that was involved with Ian Anita Hill. Why can I not think of his name? Oh, uh, Clarence, uh, Thomas. Clarence Thomas. Clarence. Yeah. Then you had the same senators in that in that video who confirmed Clarence Thomas were confirming Kavanaugh. And you're just like, these guys have been sitting in the Senate for 20 to 30 years. Going back, the last uh, work stoppage was in 1994. How many of those owners that were owners in 1994 are still owners of their teams now? The vast majority. So if that's the case, wouldn't they have learned their lesson? Because the fans did not come back once that work stoppage law uh, stopped it took a while for the fans to come back these guys are hurting their own business now i have heard this and that is well the system is broken we need to let it completely break in order for us to have growth in the future so is that to my am i understanding this correctly the owners are going to be willing to hurt their product so they can make a profit in the long run. Is that what this is about? I mean, what it all comes back down to is money, man. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's just money. And by the way, I like beer. I liked beer. <laughs> I still like beer. If you, don't get, if you don't like that reference, if you don't know that reference, I suggest you Google that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it, there's a couple positives that I've heard that, that they want to do, that they want, like MLB has, has proposed, um, to the union, kind of something centered around a new a, a tweak that it would essentially compensate a small group of, of younger players known as Super Twos um, and kind of based on performance. But at the same time, I know that's not going to fly because it's based on performance. And in that formula, it, you're, you're getting into the NFL formula, right? And I know that they're not a fan of that. Um, but it would also supposedly with the way that the verbiage is in those deals, it would prevent help prevent teams from tanking. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but it would supposedly also cut down on service time manipulation. I don't think that's really going to matter one way or another, because they still have to call guys up in September. Guys get hurt. Now with COVID, you're going to have to call guys up because of COVID. You know why I lost my fantasy league, Juan? Because Dalvin Cook had COVID. (laughs) So things like that are going to keep happening where you're going to have to tweak it, right? So you can't just have these blanket proposals without, okay, good idea, but is it going to really solve these things that they keep talking about? I, to a certain degree, I understand the service time manipulation. We saw it with Chris Bryant. We yeah. saw it with Bryce Harper. 
you know, does that need to be fixed? Sure. But is that the hill that everyone should die on and stop the per- the progress of a deal to get the season started? No, no. Because the does the union does the union need to step in and, and maybe stop posturing just like MLB? Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. But it all comes back down to the mighty Gulf. So it, that's what it's going to take for them to, to deal with their stuff. And as you guys saw with the COVID shortened season, everyone was hurting for money. But more or less, they came back with, well, we just need a timeline as far as TV goes. They got their timeline and they were good to go. So I, I'm hopeful. You know, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope everyone that I've asked when they think they're going to start is wrong. The general consensus is the summer. And that is, I feel like it's worst case scenario. It's just worst case scenario because it's going to take eyes away from the game. Yeah. And and we are, we've already had so many issues with our beautiful game of how many eyes have gone away. And, and it's like, like my beef with boxing is they rig everything, right? Like right. they rig who the, the top, the top of the, of the, the crop, if you will, picks and chooses who they fight they shouldn't do the same thing here and picking and choosing these things to die on a hill in order to get the bigger grand scheme of a deal done get the framework of a deal done and then we can revisit this stuff later because at the end of the day it's going to come back down to the salary plateauing which we know that's a thing the revenue's gone up the salary's plateaued that's common sense give them a bigger piece of the pie this other stuff with, with manipulation all that jazz we can sort that out later but that shouldn't be what prevents the season from starting Am I crazy for thinking that? Real, real, quick, real quick. So if it goes into the summer, I mean, I would think there's going to be a lot of pushback from the players starting that late because wasn't one of the things, too, that we saw a lot this year. There was a lot of injuries from guys playing 60 games in 2020, going back to full season 2021. I don't think they want to repeat that again, you know, having another shortened season and then coming back again next year with a full season again. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of you know pushback from the players to not let that happen again. And of course, also we'll lose the all-star game. Right. <laughs> again. Well, and, and for me, there's one thing that I know the players are, are that it's kind of their red line is they want younger players to get paid sooner, which I get, I am a hundred percent on board with that. Instead of dragging out someone's arbitration, six, five, four, three years, however long, you know, making it shorter. I'm cool with that. But to the same point, these guys aren't going to want to get hurt again. We saw what happened with Clay Bellinger, or I'm sorry, Cody Bellinger. Cody Cody was banged up the 2020 season. It took him forever to get going. Hurts his shoulder. Now, gets into a full season, and we talked about it last year. It was going to take him a minute to adjust. He never adjusted. So it, it, that's a thing. That's for sure a thing. So if I were the players, I'd be reluctant to start late too. But at the same time, as a player, if you want to get paid, you have to play. That's the downside. So it, it's the owners obviously want their bottom line. They're going to get their money no matter what, because we buy these hats, we buy the shirts, we buy the content, whatever. They're going to get theirs. But the players won't necessarily get theirs either. Right now, they're not getting theirs, because if you go on to MLB.com, you don't see players. You see gray silhouettes of people's faces. And that's, that's, the, that's the downside, where they kind of have them in a vice grip, if you will. And to your point, we would lose the All-Star game. Well, but here, here, okay. So here's the thing. You you've mentioned it a couple of times, and we talked about it that it seems they're not negotiating in good faith. And this is going to bring me back to Babyface's favorite person in the world, Rob Manfred. First of all, how can you negotiate in good faith when the commissioner of Major League Baseball works for the owners? He works for the owners. One of the things I've never understood is why they truly cannot have an independent commissioner that is paid either that is paid either by both the owners and the Major League Baseball Union. I, I feel like if you at least had something like that, there might be a little more modicum of some sort of balance. But right now. And you can get these shirts at bleedlos.com with good old Rob Manfred uh, as a clown. I think he has just, I, I see this tweet a lot, and this has been mentioned on this show many times. It does feel like Rob Manfred does not like baseball. And I see people doing that. 
wouldn't you want, as a commissioner, you want this deal to get done as quickly as possible. And it just feels like he doesn't help the situation at all. Every time he opens his mouth, it feels like he's pouring gas uh, on the fire. I, I just think the system is broken clearly. And I think it starts with the fact that you have a commissioner that is literally owned by the owners of, of Major League Baseball. How can you negotiate in good faith when you have someone clearly representing one side? Well, and it also doesn't help that MLB does as a whole the owners that is feel that the baseball players have the best deal on pro sports. I think they have the best deal on pro sports too, yeah. but can it improve? Yeah. hundred percent. Like the status quo doesn't mean that that's the best. It can always change. Like in, in the NBA, they have super deals now, right? Where you get these super extensions. If you fall into certain, if you hit certain metrics, okay, cool. Do that. They're shorter They're five years. They're for a boatload of money though. So if you're, if you're complaining and bitching and moaning about the bottom line, well, that's going to affect your bottom line, but for a much shorter period of time. So it's, you know, and, I, and, and like Rob Manfred's also kind of like drawn lines in the sand, for lack of a better term, saying that there wouldn't be any changes in like revenue sharing or like the amount of time it takes for a player to get a free agency. It's like those are the things that would help improve the game to grow both of those things. And what I mean by both of those things is revenue. Because at the end of the day, this is still a business where we are here talking about a sport that is currently not being played. Right. Right. It's that's, that's the way that, that everyone collectively makes money off of this is the sport has to be played. So, so, for, so wait, wait, but wait real quick. Yeah. Why can't a commissioner's salary be paid both by the major league players union and the owners? So that's what I was going to get to. So okay. from my understanding, the verbiage in like those the 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 deal that they have with everything because obviously if they're not playing no one's making money including the commissioner from my understanding mm -hmm. but because they get you know they get paid through the thing that they have verbiage in there that that the the two are mutually exclusive should they change that i think so because i i agree with you i think that a commissioner should be an independent entity but the thing is is the other big four they don't do that the other commissioners are also in bed with whoever, because at the end of the day too, the commissioner is supposed to act as kind of the judge jury and executioner, if you will, of that sports league. So when, a, you know, a punishment gets dealt out, the owners don't deal with it. It's the commissioner that does it at the behest of MLB. So that's the other thing is, is that would have to just be extreme kind of restructuring of everything, including money. But the biggest thing for them is it's the money. Rob Manfred may hate baseball, but that dude's laughing to the bank right now because he's yeah. still making, I think, what did he make last year? Like like 20 million, I think I want to say. He makes 20 million? I thought it was, I thought it was like 7 million. He makes $20 million. I wow. want to say it's him and uh, 11 million. I'm sorry. Him and uh, Goodell are the highest paid commissioners, I believe, of the big four. Look, Goodell getting paid, whether you like what he does or not, that league prints money. Yeah. You 100%. know, so get get as much money as you can, right? You're worth whatever someone is willing to pay you. The fact, but I, what has Manfred done that has actually helped Major League Baseball? I feel ever since, like, there's a couple of things I think that has worked well, like that Field of Dreams game. Mm -hmm. I thought was was something that was good. Again, it's something played in the summer, something that's totally designed for TV. Visually, it's perfect for TV. I wish they would do a little be a little more creative in terms of creating those kind of events because that kind of stuff gets people, as you mentioned this, Alonzo, in the summer, people want to travel. I myself am a stadium chaser. I got 17 stadiums down. I still got 13 more to go. I look forward to every summer. I'm going to go to a different stadium. I like to go to the stadium, whoever, you know, the, I usually follow the Dodgers road trip. So whatever road they're on, that's the stadium that I go to. But it's, it's stuff like that, that I feel helps the sport. This kind of stuff doesn't help the sport. You know what else doesn't help the sport? 
whether this is true or not, but the illusion that Ken Rosenthal lost his job at Major League at MLB Network because he criticized Rob Manfred. And and we we I know we've talked about this before. We have had MLB.com uh, employees on the show, and we've asked questions that have made them uncomfortable because maybe they're not supposed to, you know, speak badly. About uh, the shield? Uh, about the, the shield, right? About the and for the record, suppo- we we for the record, we don't work for MLB.com because we'd no. be off the air tomorrow, probably. <laughs> we we would have been canceled several months ago. It, it, exactly, right? So this is Major League Baseball Network that is supposed to be covering the game. The fact that Manfred, that Rosenthal lost his job. That to me makes me feel why I can't watch MLB Network because I'm not going to be told the truth from MLB Network because they're clearly trying to either protect the commissioner or protect. And that's not good for the game. If you're not being honest with your audience, they're going to change the channel. They're going to go somewhere else. Well, and the other thing, too, my biggest beef with Ron Manfred. Can I I just say this real quick? Just real, real quick, and then then I'll go to you, Roger. Rob Manford once referred to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal. There you go. Publicly. You, Bud Sealy got a lot of flack. Let's, let's just be real. He wasn't the, an ideal commissioner, but at least that dude could talk ball with people. Rob Manford, I bet you if you were to sit him down and talk ball, he, he wouldn't know where to start. And that's not saying that he's a terrible dude. I don't know him personally. You know, I know that he's, I believe he's an attorney of some kind. That doesn't mean that he's a tool bag or anything, but I mean, based on his actions and the things that he's publicly said, I mean, look how he handled the Astro sign stealing scandal. That's all you need to see. So, and if, if it makes you feel better, Juan, uh, Mr. Manfred can't get a raise until 2024. What were you going to say, Roger? I was just going to say, um, how the players must feel. Did you guys see that tweet from Tyler Matzik from the Braves? Yeah, when when Rosenthal got fired, he he tweeted out, "Ken Rosenthal stands at five four and a half, but still towers over Rob Manfred. 100%. Fire one of the premier sports reporters in baseball because he, he critiques you. This is his job. Hashtag soft, rent free, doing laps. And it is so soft. you can see, I mean, the players are yeah. they're upset. Yeah, I mean, hey, babyface, about- did he did Manfred ever address that Rosenthal's firing? And and to be fair, I, I, I we can't say that he was fired, right? They just didn't, they didn't rene- renegotiate. Team. They didn't, yeah, they didn't, they didn't renew him. He, the way the way Rosenthal put it, he said he his wasn't contract renewed. wasn't renewed. But if you're not renewing you, a guy, typically you're letting him go. Right, right. I mean, but you sure. can you can see it. You can see it too with other guys that work for MLB. Like if if you follow John Heyman, like yeah. you know he'll tweet out stuff, but then he'll be like, oh, you know, MLB is trying to, you know, you can see in his tweets that he's trying to say everything nicely so it's not looking like he's critiquing you know Manfred and MLB because he works for MLB Network so you know he doesn't want to be the next one on that list well and and truthfully I mean the thing that makes baseball so beautiful is the relationships the players make with the media one of the reasons Chris Rose is so damn good at what he does is because the relationships he was able to make with players but even he himself said the handling of how he left MLB wasn't the best either and it, it's, it didn't make sense because now I bet you none of you watch IT now. Well, I, I don't mean, watch to it be either. fair, I never watched it to begin with. Uh, but, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen an episode since Rose left. I haven't seen an episode since Rose left either. And I love Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar is one of the best. But at the same time, how they handled the Rose exit, I'm not a fan of it. Now he's doing, you know, good for him. He's over at John Boy. But, uh, but you know, but when you look at the 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 brass the brass knuckles of it all, Rob Manfred isn't necessarily the most uh, uh, herald figure, if you will, uh, that you would want to be the kind of the poster boy for your thing anyway. Because even the players for Tyler Matzik, he knows what could happen with a tweet like that, and he still went and sent it out. So Absolutely. It, so it, Tyler Matzik could stop playing today, and that will still be the grail of a tweet. That'll still that'll still remain viral for being what it is because that dude went out of his way to defend a media. Guy. And what it, other sports do you see guys defending media guys like that? But see, but that's the other big issue, right? So they let him go, 
it, the story gets leaked out that he basically got let go because he was critical of Manfred. Right. So to me, it gives off the impression that Manfred is more worried about what Rosenthal is saying about him than about actually getting his sport back on track, getting them out of a lockout, which is what his job is. That is what he's getting paid to do, even though he's not getting paid right now. You would think that he would have a little bit more incentive. And again, I'm going back to there is no sense of urgency to getting this deal done. And that's that's what's sad. And then you know what makes it even sadder for me is once this whole deal is worked out and we have baseball again, Dodger Stadium is still going to be full. Now, stadiums in other states... That's a different story. And so when everybody badmouths Dodger fans and says they're not real fans because they show up in the third inning and they leave in the seventh, these guys draw three million every year. So what sucks is as angry as people are going to be that these guys aren't getting their act together, they're still going to run back because I can't tell you the number of tweets that I see where people are saying, I miss baseball. I miss baseball. I miss being at Dodger Stadium. And last thing before we, uh, we move on, what doesn't make me feel any more optimistic is, if you recall right, back in 2015, Manfred was concerned about the pace of play, that it was a problem. It was this big old thing, right? So he appointed a bunch of, uh, you know, a commission, a pace of play commission. They made a bunch of recommendations. And when games got a little bit faster, dropping to three hours per game for the nine innings in 2018, Manfred was trying to, you know, victory lap everything out here like he was Jay-Z and just dropped a record, right? Well, it didn't last long because the average game time hit a new high this last season for nine games, three hours and seven minutes. Manfred, who has the actual authority to put in a pitch clock without approval of the players' union, has decided, nah, not going to. So, again, if you're going to be wishy-washy about something that's a part, a part of your legacy – this is just as much of your legacy as the pace of play. Why don't you just get the deal done, Rob? Boom. Cancel me for that. Now, as we move on, uh, free agency was kind of cool for the five minutes that we had it. Uh, Corey Seeker signed elsewhere, much to our surprise with the Texas rate. I didn't see that one coming at all. Uh, what, what, uh, what was kind of your initial reaction to that deal, Juan? I, I was surprised it was the Rangers. Uh, I thought it was going to be the Yankees. I, I thought we would be losing him to the Yankees. Everything from, that I was hearing was that the Yankees were desperately in need of a shortstop. And I mean, when we had Sarah Langs on last season, towards the end of the season, she was hinting that it was going to be the Yankees. So the fact that it was the Rangers, um, you know, look, we, we've been talking about this about being there, there being a salary floor. I can't be angry at the Rangers because the Rangers are spending money. They're, the Rangers are trying to make their team better. As a, If I was a fan of the Texas Rangers, I would be very, very happy because it's like, okay, my team is, they're trying. They're trying to make the team better. So, hey, good for Corey Seager. The guy got his money. The guy won a World Series. Yeah, is it frustrating that he had his injuries with the Dodgers and he wasn't on the field as much? Defensively, he wasn't the greatest shortstop. But look, the guy went on a tear in October and basically helped the Dodgers win that World Series almost single-handedly. I don't have any ill feelings for the guy. I wish the guy had the best. Um, It is, I mean, it's good that you have Trey Turner. Uh, the fact that the Dodgers still, in my opinion, have not re- really started with their free agent acquisitions yet. Once this whole lockout ends, I feel the Dodgers are going to make a bevy of moves. And I, I, I think they might be able to clean up, not necessarily with top free agents, but I think they might be getting those free agent signings that, Later at the end of the season, we're going to be like, hey, this guy was huge because he did the little things that you need in order to win games. Kind of like when they acquired some guy named Chris Taylor. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that's what they should do. Maybe not spend as much money, 
but just get good guys, especially with the way this past season rolled out with the number of injuries, try to, they don't have the depth in the farm system. So use free agency to build some depth. And um, I I mean, I, myself, I, I can't wait until this ends just to see what they do because, Hey man, I know you guys don't like hearing this, but I think the show pods, they're going to be coming next year because they're going to be healthy and they have a new manager. So, you know, Bob Melvin say what you will about the guy that, but he's, he made the Oakland A's competitive all the time. And now he actually has, you know, a a significant talent upgrade with with the show pods and the giants who knows what the giants are going to do too, because the giants also have money that they're going to be able to spend. Now I'm more, I have more of a question mark on the Giants than I do on the show pods because the Giants, they got like career years from older players. I don't know if you can count on those. Old, I mean, Buster Posey's gone. Is Brandon Crawford going to have the same season that he had last year? So I, I am curious to see what the Giants try to do next year, but I, I'm excited. I think the Dodgers still have an opportunity to, to win that division because of this whole, because of the number of free agents that haven't made a deal. And those guys might panic and might take whatever deal is on the offer just to make sure they have a job. And I will say this. I, uh, I have not knocked the show pods. As you know, I, uh, I, I, I have uh, believed the hype. And I was telling you guys when they hired Bob Melvin, yo, this is the move that they needed. They, they, needed, they needed a manager and they got a manager. But one guy that I know that does not like the show pods, Mr. Roger, I'm kind of curious to hear your feel on how, uh, on how everything kind of went down with Corey and where we're at now. Yeah. I'm like you guys, I was surprised. I mean, I knew he was going to leave. I was surprised that he ended up in Texas. Um, But, you know, like Juan said, you know, that's fine. You know, I still think Texas is rebuilding, but they're, you know, they're making moves. They're, they're in a tough division. I mean, I don't see, how they're going to, you know, launch to the top of that division just yet, but, you know, good for him. Um, you know, the other moves that, uh, you know, Dodgers got one of their guys back, Taylor, which uh, kind of a lot of people said we needed to get that, that guy back and, you know, he'll be back. Um, but we lost Scherzer. Um, kind of really didn't expect him to come back. And then, you know, and then he goes off saying that, you know, it was the Dodgers' fault. He had uh, a tired arm and this and that, and he kind of just left a bad uh, taste in everybody's mouth after he left. So, you know, so be it. Um, as far as the other moves I get to talk about, the Padres with a uh, new manager, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I still think that there's a, a, that little that flare-up they had with, um, with Tatis and Machado. I think there might be something more to that. I mean, I think those two guys, those two guys kind of butt heads a lot. So maybe the clubhouse isn't as unified as it should be. So we'll see if Melvin could help that out. Um, the Giants, I mean, I don't think the Giants, I don't expect the Giants to play as good as they did this year, uh, this past season. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Obviously, you know, still trying to get guys, but I think I brought this up to you guys. I mean, I know Posey retired, like, I have a feeling that the other guys knew that that was his last season because the Giants played their hearts out all season. They knew something was going on with Posey. They had to have done something, and they wanted to win for Posey. Just badly, they wanted to win for Posey. Because the way they played that year, like you said, the career years from Posey and Crawford, these old guys, like, that doesn't happen every day. So I, I think that they really tried to win for Posey, and you know now with him being gone, they might kind of take a step back, um, not have that same drive. So... We'll see what happens. Hey, babyface, let me ask you this. Two names I'm going to throw out there. How realistic do you think? The, do you think these rumors are real? Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa to the Dodgers. I can't see Correa coming to LA. I mean, I, that would just, I, I, can't, I can't see that happening. Um, I can see Freeman, but then a lot of people are just saying, no, that's just, it's not going to happen. He's not going to leave Atlanta. Um, but you know, you hear guys like that say saying that he's pretty, he's pretty pissed off that he didn't get a deal done with, with Atlanta before this lockout. And, you know, they, they let it drag. I mean, if he's their franchise player, 
how hard is it to say, okay, we'll give you five years, we'll give you what you want. And, you know, he was only looking at what, what was it, like 170 or something like that, 160? Right. 160. Over like five years. Um, I mean, that's not a lot for Freddie Freeman. I mean, if, you know, you would think if, you know, the Dodgers or another team said, hey, we'll give you six years, you know, 200 million, you know, he would take it. But it's like, do you really see him leaving to go to another team? You know, it's, if, you know, it's going to come down to, is he really loyal to that team or is he going to just, is he, is he pissed off enough to like where he's going to get in front of a team and sign a contract? Um, so Freeman, I could kind of see a little bit more happening, but you know, it's like, you know, 15% uh, and Correa, I don't see, I mean, what would you do with Correa if you got Turner at short? Um, Turner is obviously not happy at second. I mean, you'd have to trade Turner somehow if, if you ended up getting a Correa. I mean, it just, it does, just doesn't make sense to, for him to, you know, come to LA. Well, much to your disappointment, I, I have been told they have seriously checked in on Correa. <laughs> I, I was surprised by that. Freeman, I, I do know he's pissed. That's all I know. Alonso, um, let, let me, Alonso, going to Correa. Yeah. So the rumor was the Tigers offered him a ridiculous amount of money and he turned it down. Yes. Is he that confident that he's going to get a better deal than what the Tigers offered him? I don't know. I think it's more he wants to win and the Tigers aren't ready to win. So you think he'll take less money for the right situation? With, for the, yeah, for the right situation. I just don't know. I, I'm, I, as much as a fan, as a guy that knows stupid stuff behind the scenes, I'm still super perplexed as to why the Dodgers are looking at Correa. I know that they have like their depth charts, you know, for everything with how they rate guys per position. The only thing I could think of is maybe they have him high rated so highly at third that he could fill in there at third and then maybe Trey play at, you know, at, at short. I don't know. I mean, I know the universal DH has not been an issue with these negotiations with the lockout. That's kind of a no brainer. Really. The only issue that's been with, with uh, extending the playoffs is, is the, the union wants two less games. That's about it. Um, so I, I don't, I know it's not a universal DH thing. So I, I'm still, you know, I was telling you guys, you know, last year when that stuff started swirling, when, when I heard it was legit, I was surprised just because of, of the history. Not even just the player, just the history. Because that guy's the, you know, for lack of a better term, that's the boogie. You know, that's the guy that, that was, you know, him, and I know him and Bellinger don't really get along. You know, a lot of people know that players are, you know, friends off the field. But uh, for, but for a Bellinger, you know, to, to kind of be outright and, and critical of him the way that he was, you know, that kind of tells you all you need to know about the sentiment. You know what I mean? Now imagine uh, if Joe Kelly comes back too. That'd be crazy. And, 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 and for some reason you'd, you'd have Trevor Bauer come back too. And, the, and you and know what? And, and Trevor Bauer's still its own monster too, that we can't even dive into because we don't know anything, but I mean, you still have, I mean, and that's the other thing you have Chris Bryant out there. If you want a third baseman, why wouldn't you sign Chris Bryant? That's just my thinking. I don't know if it's maybe a clubhouse thing or if maybe they think, you know, JT's going to want to play half the time or something. I don't know. I, I don't get it personally. Like I get that you want to have all the depth that you can have, but why would you seriously kick the tires on Carlos Correa? If you, if you, because the dude wants to be paid like a shortstop, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I think that's why it's so important to see what this new collecting bargaining agreement looks like, because it seems like the universal DH is a, is a, is a done thing. Like it's, it's going to be there. So if that's the, if that's the case, you have Justin Turner, then is going to be your DH. So yeah, you're right. Then you could sign a Chris Bryant. And that's why I feel like the Dodgers are, I'm going to be very curious to see what the Dodgers do with all those of the free agents that are still available. Even if they do strike out on Freddie Freeman, now, whenever anybody mentions Carlos Correa, I'm with you, Roger. I don't think that that that's real, but Alonso's hearing something different. But here's here's my thing. Everyone, anytime they bring up Carlos Correa, people bring up the Mookie bets. Yeah. So, of course, I, well, according, I think it was to Dave Vassay, Dave Vassay says that there was a locker room meeting with bets when he came to the Dodgers where they addressed you know, the, what the Red Sox were doing to cheat 
in the now, in the 2018 World Series. Now, did, did we ever really get an understanding of what the Red Sox were doing compared to what the Astros were doing? Well, and, what the Astros were doing, it's it's plain it, it's it's plain out there what they were doing. Right. Right. So that that's what I'm saying. It's like I I don't remember this happening during the season, like the beginning of the season that the Dodgers had a meeting with Mookie Betts. If that's the case, then it's going to be expected that the players are going to have a meeting with Carlos Correa. 100%. What the hell is Carlos Correa going to say to them that's going to change their mind? Well, to say, oh, well, you know what? We understand. Now you're one of us, so you're on our team, which is what sports is usually about. And just to take a step back to the reason I think that they're, they're kicking the tires on Correa, and this is just I, I don't know anything more than what I've been told. This is just me thinking out loud. The only reason I would kick the tires on a Correa is if I don't think I can re-sign Trey Turner. That makes sense? Yeah. So if you don't think you can re-sign Trey, then you obviously have to have a, a contingency plan. And clearly they don't have a contingency plan in short because they're not stoked with Gavin. They're not stoked with that. So just to lay that out, that's just me thinking out loud. That's not me hearing anything else aside from that I've heard that the Correa thing is real. Uh, as far as okay, before we bounce, real quick, you just yeah. mentioned him, Gavin. Yeah, are you guys hearing the rumor of Gavin to the Reds for Castillo? I heard that they were considering trading him before the the, the thing. Is Lu Luis Castillo somebody we would welcome on the Dodgers? Staff? I think so. I think he has a better glove than Gavin. I'm not. I'm not sure. Wait, Gavin wait. Is it is it is it Castillo the pitcher? I yeah. thought he was the shortstop. Or am I getting no, him confused with? He's a pitcher. No, he, he's the pitcher for the Reds. Oh, I'm sorry. My my apologies. I was getting. I don't think Gavin's enough to get Castillo. No, 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 no. Well, no, the purple. I had heard Andy Pages might be included in the deal. I, a couple other, but the problem is it's going to be all single A guys. Yes, but it's just one of those things. You there? You mentioned they're not sold on Gavin. Is Gavin going to be a piece that they're going to use to try to fill out the pitching staff? Uh, because we still don't know about Kershaw, right? You know, what is Kershaw going to want to do? And if Bauer Bauer, who took down all the Dodgers signage off of all of his social media, which I didn't know until today, by the way, I mean, if he's not coming back, you got Urias and Walker. And then we have uh babyface's favorite Gonsolin. Go ahead, babyface. Say it for me. I, I love this. I think you should turn this into a shirt. The Catman? The cat yeah, the Catman. <laughs> I love that this is a line that babyface says that kills me all the time. This guy needs to decide whether he wants to be a pitcher or a cat. True. By the way, my, my deepest apologies to Luis Castillo. I got him confused with Jose Iglesias. Red Sox, Reds, my bad. Um, but <laughs> make that a well, shirt, by the way. Well, if, well, I can say that because I know, I know, I know he's trying to and I know he's trying to make it fun and stuff but he came out there one of those games and he had like what did he, he had like fur, he had on, fur his, on his, on his fur. Yeah, and yeah. stuff and like uh, yeah it's like okay come on dude like you're trying a little bit too hard here like you know just stick to the pitching trying to i love that line do you want to be a pitcher or do you want to be a cat man you have to decide and he really said this by the way we're not this is not embellishing he really said that yeah. and he was stern with how he said it too in the tone uh, well, I no, because I mean, it's he's frustrating. He's yeah, frustrating yeah. because he's not. But again, they have holes on that pitching staff. How are they going to fill them? And they might have to flip Gavin Lux. So does that mean they're going to have to keep Trey Turner? Because who are they going to get to play shortstop? I mean, they're going to need a shortstop if they obviously if Trey Turner doesn't want to stay. They need arms. They need him. I mean, that's just where we're at. And I, I mean, I don't know who they would trade Gavin for. I didn't, I didn't hear anything as far as who they'd kind of, you know, presented the idea to. All I know is that they're open for business, if you will. So that'll be interesting to see because he does have, he does have value, but I don't think, you know, for someone like Luis Castillo or, you know, just him as Gavin being the, the, the one piece for one guy, I don't think it's enough. It'd have to be probably a package deal. And I mean, Obviously, the Dodgers have the depth to make that happen to a certain degree because, I mean, they've gotten – I mean, they got Danny Duffy for essentially a player to be named later. Oh, Danny Duffy. Well, well the rumor with, with Lux, too, is that – and we saw it last year. They're trying to make him into, like, that super utility player. You know, they got him in the outfield. You know, now they, you know he's got short second. So, 
they're trying to move them around. They're just kind of hoping that bat comes along too. Well, and, and I mean, truthfully, they're not overly worried about the bat. They're more worried about the defense. And as you saw, poor guy got thrown out in the center field last year in the, in the, in, 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 on the job train more or less and learning center field in the big leagues. I mean, yeah, you're a really good baseball player, but that's not just something that you can just teach someone overnight, especially if they've never played the outfield in the big leagues. So it's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too. I, I mean, I, I'm still calling it the Gavin Lux experiment because obviously he went from second to the outfield and then back, but they're not, they had him in the lineup just because of his back. At the end of the day, I mean, I'll, I'll give this to like to Gavin. He is doing better than the Jock Peterson experiment at first base, <laughs> so he's got that going for him. No, Touche. I, I digress. Do you think Clayton Kershaw comes back? Yeah, I do. I do. What about you, Roger? Um, I do too. And I mean, I even heard people say that maybe he should kind of come back later on in the season. Um, like in June, you know, just so he's he's ready to go throughout the entire season. I mean, and it might work out perfectly, you know, with with the lockout, you know. So, so he would come at the favorite. start of the season. <laughs> yeah, Kershaw strikes me as one of those dudes that is like a student of history, and I think he knows what it means to play for one team. Your, your whole career with one team because. I don't know if we're going to see guys like that a- anymore. Uh, you know, off the top of the head, maybe Freddie Freeman is going to be another dude that just plays with one team for the rest of his career. Probably Mike Trout. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that might be a thing of the past now is seeing guys with, uh, but I, I just, I do feel like Kershaw. I, I mean, like, like, like Babyface said, all right, if he goes to the Rangers, I mean, there's no given that that team's still going to win because, I mean, you're in, I, I, yes, you got all these bats. I still don't know if they have enough pitching. As did we wrap see, up. Did you see okay. Seager trying to recruit him? Yes. I, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we don't, don't appreciate that, Corey. So you're listening. <laughs> Knock that off. Stay in your lane, Corey. Stay in your lane, bro. I uh, my prediction is I think he stays with the Dodgers because that dude does not like to lose. And I feel like if he goes to Texas, even if Texas were to load up, there's still probably two starters away, maybe from from really making any noise in the in the AL West. You also still have to bang with the Angels who are, you know, making some moves, of course, and the Astros who are still good, even without a Correa there. Um they're still legit. They re-signed Verlander. You know, he's going to be healthy coming back. Obviously, by then, especially because if they start by June, he's, he's ready to roll. So, to me, I just don't think he would go there. I mean, I know the luster, I'm sure, of playing at home probably sits well with him. But um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that dude likes to lose. And that dude takes losing so personally that I don't think he would enjoy his time in Texas. And I think he also wants to run one back with this team because he knows how good, like the way he's talked all year last year, he knows how good this team is. He knows that there's something special with this team. Even without a Corey Seager, this is still a very special team. You still have Mookie Betts here. You still have, you know, the the Chris Taylors of the world. Chris Taylor, that dude probably could have chased the bag somewhere else, made more money and not won, but he he made it clear. He publicly said it. There's only one team he wanted to play for is the Dodgers because he knows what's here. Justin Turner here. So it's so I I think Clayton Kershaw at the end of the day is going to come back just because that dude would just absolutely hate losing. That's just my take. And to your point, too, one, he's a student of history. Dude knows you don't really see guys playing. Ken Griffey Jr. should have retired a man. Yeah. Ichiro Suzuki should have retired a man. Those things didn't happen. And so it's so it's one of those things where, you know, all the Yankees that retired as Yankees that started there and ended there, how special Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, how special that is. So, so I know he's aware of that. So it's, I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I, I think he ends up being a doctor and I'll be I agree. Well, on that note, we will, uh, we will call it a wrap. My apologies to Luis Castillo, who I confused <laughs> with uh, one of the Red Sox. That's my bad man. Hey, it's our first podcast of the year. So it's one of those things where we're a little rusty, but uh, join us again next week. 
as uh, we go on and uh, look at all the goings on, even though there isn't much going on because of the lockout, there's still stuff we can talk about. So uh, on that note, we'll end it from uh, Juan, myself, Alonso, and Roger, the babyface gimmick in the sky. This has uh, been another episode of the Bleed Los Podcast. We'll catch you down the road. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.